0: Window of Opportunity, a Stargate rewatch podcast.
1: I'm Carrie. I'm Rachel. And today we're talking about Stargate SG-1 season 3 episode 19, New Ground.
0: Ooh, yay. I liked this one a lot.
1: Me too. Another good one. We got like like this actually like this final sort of like run of episodes of season 3. They're just they're all good, like all of yeah. these we got coming up are just like Yeah. In my top list of yeah
0: why do you suppose stuff? that is that all of a sudden they get like really good stuff happening like because they maybe started getting an audience and they were like okay
1: <laughs> I don't know or if it's just they sort of found their groove with like what kinds of stories they wanted to tell what kind of stories they could tell like who these characters are mm-hmm. as like tv characters and stuff if they mm-hmm. I, it may have just been you know they they, they how how Stargate found its groove, uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> kind of a thing. I don't know, but it works for me. I like it a lot. So yeah,
0: yeah, yes. very very awesome. Liked it. Yes.
1: So if we just get right into it,
0: let's do. Okay.
1: So this originally aired on February 18th, 2000. It was written by Heather E. Ash and directed by Chris McMullen. And in this episode, Jack, Sam, and Daniel are imprisoned on the planet and become pawns in a war of ideology, while Tilk must rely on the kindness of a local man after being badly injured. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes. Yes.
1: I'm actually kind of surprised this situation hasn't happened more.
0: Yeah, actually. You know? Yeah.
1: So I think that's one of the things I like about this episode is like, yes, obviously, this is a thing that would happen if the Stargate Mm -hmm. was real. So uh, we open with a young man and woman doing excavation work, and they seem to have found a stargate, which somehow has the point of origin for Earth on it, even though it's not on Earth, so that symbol shouldn't be there.
0: Yeah, I, after all the discussions that we've had of you explaining to me how the stargate works, and I saw that, and I was like, mm,
1: that's aww. wrong. That's wrong. That's yeah. a big, that's a big goof. Big, mm-hmm. big goof. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, they have no idea what it is, but I like it's like. In the side of like a a hill in like like rock,
0: Mm -hmm. I don't like
1: how how it's set up in this episode is just like really cool. I think. Yeah. So they're sort of just uncovering like the symbols around the ring when suddenly it makes like the dialing noise as chevrons start to light up, and we then cut back to Earth where the SGC has gotten their first hit on a cold dialing program P2X416, so they're gonna send a map. So. Back on the other planet, which is now P2X416, the gate connects and the cool shoots out and the young man, Nyan, approaches and the young woman is concerned that he'll drown, but he like touches the, the you know event horizon. He's like, it's not water. And then we get the Malp coming through, startling them again. So Jack and Daniel are now in the control room at the SGC, and Sam is bringing them up to speed with what's happening, and we get a little more information about the cold dialing program. And it's not just the computer sort of dialing random combinations of symbols, but Sam wrote a program to periodically auto-dial addresses from the Abydos cartouche that didn't connect the first time that they tried. So this would indicate that the gate was formerly locked or buried, but has now been uncovered or released from whatever was making it unable to connect. And this is their first successful hit.
0: Which is an interesting idea anyway, that they would have thought to do that. Yeah. I'm going I back mean, and checking.
1: I mean, so it makes sense to me
0: mm-hmm.
1: that they would that... Sam would do such a thing.
0: Yeah, to, you know, double check stuff. I like that. Yeah.
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. So the MALP pans around and spots Nyan and like we can, the SGC can hear what they're saying on this other planet and so Daniel asks Sam to sort of follow with the camera as he kind of walks away and then picks up an earpiece and speaks through it and Nyan and the woman are very confused because they're like, Are are you like is, is the things, a, is like are you the robot? Robotic like, human robot <laughs> like what's going on. And but Daniel sort of manages to explain sort of very basically what's going on that he's on another planet and he's speaking through this device and requests permission from Hammond to go visit and Jack's like, hang on a minute. But Daniel's excited because from what he can see of like their clothes and tools, they seem to be of a similar technological level as Earth. Which is cool, because it's usually either, until this point, it's either been like super advanced uh, civilizations or really, really not advanced civilizations. So that's kind of interesting that we've come across the people that are similar to Earth in development.
0: I think the main memo I will have for this are are the holding protocols, at which point, like, you wait to go, I know we've talked about, we keep, like, (laughs) <laughs> All of the Stargate problems are, like, always the same. So, <laughs> this is definitely, like, they should have waited, like, a day. Yeah. Some more research, whatever. But it's it was again. really cute how Daniel was just, like, so excited. of <laughs> Like, oh, my God, let's go right now. Perm- yeah. <laughs> permission to go. Like, I got my bag under the table. I'm just going to go. Let's, just, let's go right now. And at least yeah. they got him to hold off for, like, a little bit and, like, ask permission to go. But, yeah, they should have... Yeah. One, they should have done way more research about where they were going. Two, Nyan should have told them, "No, no, don't come through yet." The fact that I'm talking to you is a big old deal here. Let's hold off. Yeah. yeah. But he was also a scientist and really excited anyway, too. So.
1: Yes. So um, Jack then comments, "Hey, where's the DHD?" And so Sam pans the map around, and yeah, there's no DHD in sight. So Hammond's like, Wait. "Oh, just take an equator reactor."
0: I love that they finally pointed that out, too, with how many episodes have they gone through and realized that they were stuck? Yes. Or that the DHD wasn't visible. I love that they were finally like, how do we get back?
1: Yes. Yes. But I I think maybe, you know, because this is a, a scenario where the gate had been buried in some fashion, that. Well, probably one of the initial thoughts would be, okay, was the DHD also buried and is the DHD there? Okay. Whereas if the gate just connects, then the gate is obviously open and unobstructed. So the DHD should be also open and um, unobstructed. But in theory. In theory. We know how often that theory pans out.
0: In practice, uh, usually
1: no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Ben Hammond tells them to just take a knack reactor so they can just manually dial Earth back if they need to.
0: Which, have they ever mentioned that they do that before? I thought that sounded pretty new.
1: Um, I mean, they have manually dialed the gate before. Um, like back when they were on Heliopolis with Ernest, they had to manually dial the gate.
0: Yes, they did. Um,
1: when they were uh, in the, on that prison planet with Linnea the first time, they had to manually dial the gate.
0: Yeah. So well, yeah. It's a
1: thing that they do. Not very well, often, but Yeah.
0: Yeah, but usually they have to huh, MacGyver something.
1: Well, that's what the Naquita reactor is for.
0: I know. Well, I'm saying like, I think this is the first time that we've seen the actual thing that they have put together for such yes. a situation where it they is, actually yeah. are able to plan getting back.
1: Yes. Yeah. This is this is the first time an Naquita reactor has been seen in such a capacity, for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So back on uh, P2X416, Nian and Malin, who is the girl we now know, are arguing. And Nian refers to the Stargate as the gateway. But Malin just writes it off as Optrican legend. And Nian's then just like, "What? Well, then explain what's happening. If you think this is all a fake legend thing, please, please explain what just happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which very good point. And Malin just thinks this whole thing is dangerous. And Nyan kind of agrees because if this is the gateway, it means that they were wrong and the Opterkins were right. And at this point, it's like, what is going on on this planet? Like, what is happening?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So then, over the mouth, Daniel comes back and asks if it's okay for them to come visit. And Malin's like, no. And Nyan's like, yes, please come visit. And he's like, very excited about it. Yep, should have um, said no.
0: Should have yeah. said no.
1: He should have said, maybe tomorrow. Yeah.
0: Um, Give me five minutes, man.
1: Yeah. And Daniel's like, all right, see you soon. And advises them to, like, stay near their mouth, but away from the splash, because that it would be bad if they got caught up in that. So, okay, bye. And then mm-hmm. the gate shuts down. And Malin runs off, and Nyan just yells after her not to tell anyone, because they might kill whoever comes through. As we cut to mm-hmm. the opening credits. So, yeah. It's like, but he's just standing there yelling, Melon! It's like you, you, you could go after her. You don't have to just stand there yelling uselessly. But okay.
0: Yeah. See, yeah. it's drama that way.
1: I. It does. It, yeah. I get
0: yeah. it. Should have told him no. He knows that whoever came through might be killed. Should have
1: said yeah. no. Yeah. That's
0: I gonna think my memo. He should have said no.
1: Should have said no. Okay. We'll get to that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, SG-1 comes through the gate, and Nine is just completely aghast that these people are human, like he is. And I gotta say, this actor does a really good job of, like, playing the scene of, like, holy fuck, everything I've thought and believed is just completely, like, shaken and wrong. And yeah. the kind of stuttering and almost, like, breathlessness that he gets as he's, like, talking to these now alien people, I think.
0: Yeah. It, sick. like... In, like, a fascinated sort of way, too, yes. which I loved. Yes. Not in, like, an angry or scared kind of way, but just, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so Daniel does the introductions, and then Nayan tells went about, like, what's sort of going on on this planet. And so the continent that they're on is called Bedrosia, and the Opt- Optricans are a rival continent. And there's been this sort of theological war that is also like an actual war going on where the Bedrosians believed that their life was created there on Bedrosia by whoever we don't know the name yet but like they believe life originated on Bedrosia whereas the Opterkins believe that humans developed somewhere else and were brought to this planet through the gateway and then about 2,000 years ago, there was this thing that they call the Great Upheaval, which was a period of violent earthquakes and volcanoes that buried this gateway. And the Optricans have always believed that the gateway is on Bedrosia, so there's been that's why this war is going on because the Atricans want to come and find the gateway, and the Bedrosians are like, it's there's no gateway, you're wrong, we're right, et cetera, et cetera. And Jack is just like, I'm sorry, there's a war going on mm-hmm. but nine is like don't worry like the front lines are like not anywhere anywhere near here so we're completely safe from that well they're safe from the war but they're not really safe from like the ships that are coming in because they're not exactly what nine would call the good guys and jack's like okay well, let's go back home and sam's like i need five minutes and they don't have five minutes, so Nyan's like, we like, let's go, let's let, let's just run. There's like some woods right there. Get it. Let's just go. And um, unfortunately, Nyan, Jack, Sam, and Daniel get trapped in this kind of force field beam that kind of shoots out from the bottom of one of the ships. Um, Tilk had gone off. We see Jack kind of wave Tilk off to kind of patrol around the area a little bit. So Tilk was kind of off in the woods and so didn't get trapped in this force field thing um, and jack and tilk both try to shoot at the ship to i guess you know deactivate the force field in some fashion but it doesn't work and i don't know i think this is also really cool like the force field just like kind of closes in on them and as it like passes over them they just like it knocks them unconscious mm
0: mm-hmm.
1: which i think is kind of the cool way to do that i mean it's not great that you know they get knocked unconscious but how it's done is kind of cool yeah it's
0: a, it's an interesting way to disarm as it were yes. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I really I like the concept for this sh- episode just in general. Of yeah. Usually usually the stories are kind of, you know, like out there and you have to be like, eh, really? OK, but this one I feel like is pretty interesting of this one believes here, this one believes there. However, the conflict is that they believe their yeah. magical base of religion thing is over in the other territory. Thus yeah. the conflict. Yes. Yeah. Which I you know, it is like you said before, like totally something that could happen you know under normal circumstances and it is surprising that they haven't encountered this yet yes, and yes. yeah
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we can come back and jack sam and daniel are now all kneeling with it i think it looks like their hands are bound like behind their back maybe yeah um, and in front of some guards and nyan's not there um and so wait no nyan wasn't Nyan wasn't caught in the force. that's right. He managed to run off, but like SG1 had kind of dawdled behind because Jack was like, let's out the gate. So it was just Jack, Sam and Daniel that got mm-hmm. caught. So, um, yeah, so Nyan's not there. It's just Jack, Sam and Daniel and Jack kind of gets the guards to try and start talking, but they're just, they're not saying anything. They're just standing there holding these weird prod gun looking things on them. We then cut to Tilk, who is still off in the woods trying to evade capture. And we do see a couple soldiers like walking around, and Tilk hears a noise behind him, and a soldier has somehow managed to sneak up on him and gotten very, very close. He turns around quickly to fire, and they both get shots off, and the blast... I think it's from the staff weapon because the guy is so close kind of blasts back onto Tilk in addition to whatever like that guy's gun did. And it like blasts like and Tilk falls down like holding his eyes like he's been injured in some way.
0: I think so. I couldn't I couldn't really tell what was happening. But he does say later that it was from his own. staff Yeah. Weapon.
1: Yeah. So I think so it's he's... just because it was so close that just that there was like just some blowback from. Yeah the staff Mm -hmm. blast. So we then got back to uh, Eshiwan being held prisoner and the guy who appears to be in charge exits one of the ships and asks Malin about what she had said. And he doesn't believe that Eshiwan are aliens. And she insists and tells him about speaking with one of them, whose name is Daniel through the machinery thing. And and, um, the guy's like, great, you're going to go to base. We'll talk about this more there. He then orders Nyan and possibly a fourth Optican soldier to be found, because that's how, that's what this guy is working with, that these are like Optrican soldiers, some kind of trick is being pulled on them. They're not aliens. They're from Optrica. Let's figure out what's going on.
0: Yeah. And it's this guy is really fascinating that, you know, it's always that thing of like. Of when people hold a religious belief so 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 tightly, yes, it is more of like a pride issue, right? Mm-hmm. Of of having their things challenged. That the more you give them evidence to the contrary, the more they just like dig in their heels and just like yes. stick to it. Like nope, nope, la 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 no, I can't hear you. Yes. And um, I think it wouldn't be so almost like comical in his. <laughs> disregard of like everything contrary if they weren't currently at war
1: right and also if you notice this guy walks with a limp so i don't know if that's the actor or if it's something he decided to put into the character like maybe he was actually injured in battle and so that's why he's sort of clinging even more to these beliefs because he has firsthand knowledge of what this war is doing to his people
0: yeah, he does mention he does he talks about that a little bit later of like all mm-hmm. oh, people we know have have died for this, blah blah blah. That's true. I never noticed a limp. Oh Yeah. It's yeah. it's subtle. It's not like a
1: huge it's not like house, you know, kind of limp. But <laughs> But it is there. So if you go rewatch it, like, just keep an eye out for it. It's, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice little character touch. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: just, yeah. Characters like this are very interesting when it's, when it turns into like, I need to believe this because if I don't. Then we're like, like there's nothing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. So before he begins questioning SG one, a woman takes out a large needle. Thing and like jams them in the neck for blood samples. I guess we kind of learn later, but at this point, it's a little unclear as to like what what is actually happening
0: mm-hmm. with
1: the jam in the needle into the neck kind of a thing. And uh, so he then walks over and asks which one is Daniel. But Jack speaks up as the commanding officer, Colonel Jack O'Neill. And this guy's like, I don't understand that Optrican designation. So. Obviously, their military ranks are not Earth military ranks, which is cool. Yay!
0: Which I always wonder how people don't assume those are their names.
1: Yeah, like why would you not just think his name is Colonel if you yeah. don't know what it means? Yeah, I don't know. it, it, it is an interesting question,
0: but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um. So yeah, but they're and they're all just like we're not. Optican, we're from another planet. This guy, of course, doesn't believe them. And Jack's like, okay, let us show you how this thing works. And if you still don't believe this, then we'll just go home. But he's like, no. Which is totally
0: more than fair.
1: I know. I'm like, that's a fair argument. If you don't believe it, then we'll just leave you alone and go. And you can forget we were here.
0: Yeah. pretend this never happened.
1: And yes. Bye. But this guy is much too stubborn for that. And orders a quarantine field to be erected. And then heads off to do something. So Tilk is still unconscious in the woods when Nayan finds him, and he tells Tilk that the rest of SG-1 were captured, and there's no way they can get to them since Rygar set up this quarantine field. And during their brief talk here, Tilk is trying to find his staff weapon, but he can't because he's apparently been temporarily blinded. Yeah. Yee. No good. No. So back where SG-1 had been taken hostage, Rygar orders the excavation of this area to continue, and he then heads over to the the woman who had stabbed everybody in the neck earlier, and she has the results of their blood test, which, okay, so that's what the needle was for. And there is a 98% match. They are human, but don't match anyone in the Bedrosian Central Registry, which that's an interesting thing to have, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. everybody's DNA just on file somewhere.
0: Yeah, they... what phrase do they use? Because they, they obviously don't say DNA, but they say, like, um, particle particle yeah. something, which I thought um, was interesting.
1: Um, but none of them are showing a particle match from the Bedrosian Central Registry.
0: Yeah. I thought that was an interesting way to put it. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And so Ragger's like, haha,
0: see, they are
1: Optrakin, And this woman's kind of like, are, are they? <laughs> really? She like, she's <laughs> kind of starting to doubt you know, that and that they are optricans, and maybe they really are from another planet, but no, Rygar is absolutely sure that they are optricans, and this is where we get that speech where he goes, I am sure because we have not spent our lives praying to a god who does not exist, and many of our people have not lost their lives fighting a meaningless war. I won't accept that. I have studied the book of Nefertum word for word, cover to cover. It is the truth. So, that's how this guy is approaching this whole situation. So so Nefertum is apparently their God. And would you like to know some information about Nefertum? (gasps) Would I? Yep. So as they say here, Nefertum was the God of the Lotus Blossom who emerged from the primeval waters at the beginning of time. He is a God of perfume and aromatherapy.
0: Mm.
1: He was born from a blue Lotus Blossom, um, At the beginning of time and also apparently represented the sunrise, but cried because he was very lonely. And so those tears created humans.
0: Oh, right. okay. Uh,
1: There is one belief where Nefertum is born every sunrise, matures into Atum, who is actually the original creator god in Egyptian mythology. During the day, then dies, travels to the underworld to be reborn with like the next sunrise. So that whole sort of circle of life. Thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, once Atum and Ra were like merged into one deity, Nefertem then became his own independent god and no longer related to Atum. Um, and then once Ptah took over and was elevated to chief god status, Nefertem was named as his son by either um, Sekhmet or Bast as the mother, who were both Ra's daughters. So mm. here they here they talk about Sekhmet. So. But in actual Egyptian mythology, it's apparently unclear if it was Sekhmet or Bast. Oh, right. Okay.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, Nefertum is usually depicted as a beautiful young man wearing a lotus headdress, sometimes standing on the back of a lion. He, he occasionally wears a headdress with two plumes and two necklace counterpoises, which were symbols of fertility associated with our very good friend Hathor. Mm. mm. He was sometimes depicted as a man with the head of a lion or like as a reclining lion or cat in some fashion. Um, In if he took on that form, he was then also associated with the lion God Mahes, who may have been his brother or just another sort of part of Nefertum himself. Um, As the newborn son, he was generally depicted as a beautiful baby sitting in or on a lotus bud. Uh, Mm -hmm. He was known as he who is beautiful and water lily of the sun and was held in great affection by many Egyptians. And they often carried small statuettes of him as good luck charms or protective amulets of him. Uh, On the other hand, when he was sort of like his lion self, he was sort of like a force like to be feared and sort of protected from rather than doing the protecting. And during the third intermediate period, divine decrees were made when a child was born, which were aimed to protect them from the various manifestations of Nefertum. Hmm. So there you go. That's Nefertum.
0: Hmm. So. What actor would you say played him? Who would you hmm. cast as him?
1: He who is beautiful. Um, young man, beautiful lotus
0: you who do we know in Hollywood currently that's just like just so pretty? Not like manly man, but like somebody who's just um, so pretty.
1: He would also have to be like he would have to be Egyptian.
0: Mhm.
1: Um. I don't. Know. If I look up
0: pretty Egyptians on the internet, I don't think I'm really gonna get search things that I want. No. I will, um. I will, I will not do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, for, first I, the only person I can think of is Rami Malek. Well,
0: that's because he's the only he's the only he's Egyptian the only, actor that I we can know. think of right now. <laughs> I
1: know, or Oded Fair, but he's like, probably like thirty years too old at this point
0: mm-hmm.
1: for it. Um, I don't know. I'm trying. I, uh, I mm. don't. Yeah, don't know. All
0: right, we'll come back to that one.
1: Okay. Um, okay, so yeah, so we get. Um, this guy, Rygar's, you know, here's why I believe what I believe. And someone's like, but are you sure, sure? And Rygar's like, yep, this was just an attempt by the Optricans to open up yeah, our people to doubt. And he will not let the Bedosians fall for it. So, okie dokie. On we go. So Nyan has brought Tilk to a cave to kind of hide out while he recovers. And he has some supplies stashed there and gives Tilk some water. Nyan then brings up Nefertum again to Tilk and says that according to Bedrosian theory, Nefertum is the one who gave them life on this planet. And Tilk's like, no, Nefertum was a system lord under Ra, and that he brought Nyan's people here many, many years ago as slaves. And Nyan's like, what's Ra? What's Gould? And so Tilk kind of gives him a little crash course. He's <laughs> like, these are aliens, and you were kidnapped as slaves. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. Um, so this is, you know, obviously very shocking and distressing for Nayan, but also kind of exciting because he's uh, he's a scientist. um, And he kind of wants to take Tilk back to, like, his academy to, like, share the truth with his friends and be like, look, here is proof we were not made here. Behold, alien. Behold, him. An alien. Him. behold, somebody from another planet. And so it's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I need to stay here and rescue my friends. Mm-hmm. Um. Nine then notices there's some blood on Tilk's shirt and tries to sort of like lift it to see what's underneath. And Tilk stops him because we don't need to let Nine in on the whole like symbiote thing right now. Like Mm -hmm. like, one thing at a time. And Nine says he has something that can help with Tilk's vision and will come back with that and some more supplies. And he runs off before Tilk can stop him. And then Tilk just kind of ends up running into like the wall of the cave and falls to the ground as he's swarmed by these like bat like creatures.
0: He does such a good job of just, like, sitting there looking scared.
1: does. This is a really good episode for Christopher Judge. I
0: guess. Yeah.
1: This is really good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, get a quick scene back with SG-1 who are now in cages that are electrified. So that's awesome.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah.
1: So then we get a quick shot of Tilk back sort of hunkered down in the cave, clinging to his staff weapon like his life depends on it. Because it kind of does at this point. It's the only thing he's got, so. But back with SG-1, it's time for Rygar and them to talk. And Rygar asks about their friends in the woods, and Jack has no friends, in the woods or otherwise. (laughs) Because this is what Jack does. He just snarks off to people. And Daniel does the whole War Peaceful Explorers thing. And I really like how they shot the scene, because at first you think he's just talking to all of them, but then it becomes clear he's talking to them individually, but it's cut with them all answering the question, but kind of correcting each other. Like Jack says some you know smart alec thing, and then we get like the real kind of answer from like Sam and Daniel about this is the Stargate, here's how it worked, we're from Earth, we're not optricans, we don't know anything about a guy in the woods. You know. Yeah. Luckily, they're all sticking to the same story, which is good. And he Rygar again mentions Nefertum, and Daniel's like, oh, he must have been a gould and Rygar's like, what's well, a ghoul? He's like, they're aliens.
0: <laughs>
1: and yeah, still denying that there's a fourth member. Everything, Everybody's taking the same story. So eventually Rygar is just done with these interrogations and everybody's back in the prison tent in their cages. So things are going real, real well for SG-1 right now. Mm-hmm. Nyan has returned to the cave and while well, Tilk has his shirt off and is uh, just digging around in his pouch. <laughs> which is just gross. I'm just like, oh, that's okay. That's and just like the noise, like the squishy noise that's like being made. is like, I don't
0: need to hear that. I uh, wonder if like during an outtake, he was like, where are my keys?
1: I, <laughs> I oh, can't that'd be hilarious. Pulls out a sandwich or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know oh. last time they are here. I know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: um so nyan now knows that tilk is not completely human and tilk tries to get nyan to like leave it alone but eventually kind of relents and tells nyan a sort of truth it's like okay no i'm not really human but just we need to we need to move on past this This is not the Mm -hmm. important thing here and um so Nine has a device that can help heal Tilk's eyes, and Tilk's like, my symbiote will heal him, and Nine's like, well, it does not, doesn't look like it's doing a real good job of that right now, and Tilk admits that the symbiote was also harmed in the little blast, and so it might be a couple days before the symbiote is up to healing Tilk, and it, the symbiote might even die itself, and if the symbiote dies, then Tilk dies, so... Less good. Less good, yes. Um, Some soldiers enter the tent and drag Daniel away, and they take him to Rygar, who points at the dead soldier that Tilk had killed in the woods, who's now been brought to this clearing where they are. And Daniel's like, I have no idea how that man died. Which is true. He could guess, but he doesn't know. If you really want to get technical with it. And then they drag Daniel over to show him something else, and it's the DHD.
0: What?
1: It's still there. Yay.
0: Which, at first, I was like, well, that's convenient. They were digging exactly where it is. But they probably, you know, had, like, metal detectors and stuff to find it. So then I was like, okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So back in the cave, Tilk asks Nine what will happen with his friends. And basically, uh, Jack, Sam, and Daniel are a danger to everything the Bedrosians believe in. So Tilk's like, oh, so they'll be killed in this whole event, just, like, swept under the rug. And Nine's like, Yep. Mm Mm-hmm, that's exactly what's going to happen, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, all right, time for a rescue mission, even though Tilk is still blind, but he insists he'll be fine. Nyan just, like, reaches out and snatches the staff weapon out of Tilk's hands, and Tilk is completely lost, so, yeah, no, like, let's Ryan try this feeling device thing, Mm because you need help. And Tilk is still a little hesitant, because he doesn't want to just be used by Nyan to, I guess, advance his career in some fashion, and, like, shown off as, like, a zoo exhibit to his friends. And... That's not why Nyan wants to take Tilk to his friends. Uh, And he says, Tilk, I'm a scientist. When I find evidence that my theories are wrong, it is as exciting as if they were correct. Scientific advance in either direction is still an advance.
0: Which I love so much.
1: That needs to be like,
0: that needs to be like cushioned on a pillow, you know, stitched on a pillow. Yes. Put on posters everywhere. I love Mm -hmm. it. I really like Nyan.
1: Me too. And Tilk goes. So because you sound a lot like Daniel, which, Aww. you know, like that's a really good compliment,
0: mm-hmm. honestly.
1: And so, okay, fine. Let's try the healing device thing. And um, Nyan is still sitting like really far away from Tilk to use this thing. Like I would think, <laughs> I was like, why are you like 12 feet away from him? Shouldn't you be like up close to actually like I get,
0: in his like, I get up in the eye? I, yeah, I don't know. Didn't understand.
1: But it shoots this sort of, laser but it's sort of like a multi-pointed laser thing and it looks really painful because tilk is like grimacing really hard while this thing is like shooting into his eyeballs mm-hmm. um and uh but it turns out it, it works tilk starts seeing some kind of vague light in somewhere, somewhere in this cave there's like light somewhere and it might take a few treatments to get tilk back to full sight but it is working and Nyan also mentions that when he was out earlier, he was able to sort of look over the camp and see that SG-1 were still alive and that they had uncovered the DHD and looks like, that's actually really good news because that means we can get home. So
0: Yeah.
1: So back in the tent, Daniel is in his cage and Jack and Sam are brought back in and we get Jack's lovely line of, you know that we come in peace business, bite me, which.
0: <laughs> I don't. I mean. I, every single time he says something like that, where obviously people from other planets are not going to get it, I'm just like, like you're only amusing yourself. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, he's a prisoner, so he might as well amuse himself, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. like it's
0: not gonna land quite how you think it is.
1: But yeah. okay. yeah, sounds good. Yep. So at this point, Rygar had picked up a, a Zat gun and asks Daniel again about the dead soldier, and Daniel continues to deny any knowledge. And so Rygar shoots Sam. Daniel gets asked this question again, and he's still like, I can't tell you what I don't know. We're not Opterkins. There's no fourth member. So Jack gets Zatted, unfortunately, as Jack is knocked unconscious. He actually falls against the cage and is basically constantly being electrocuted right now. So Daniel yells at him to stop or Rygar will kill him. And Rygar's like, no, you will kill him. It's like, oh, you're one of those bad guys. Okay. Mm, yep. mm-hmm. so, that's why
0: you're the head of the military. Yep.
1: So luckily Daniel is saved by the sound of the gate dialing up. And so Rygar does do the kind thing and actually switches off Jack's cage like the electricity to it before going to investigate and it's earth calling. Mm. And like the whoosh comes, startling everybody, and Hammond calls for SG1 over the radio and like all their gear and stuff is like in the tent where they are. So one of the soldiers picks up the radio and Rygar is still insisting that this is all like a trick and like this is not real. It's all optrican magic and blah blah blah, whatever. Um, when the soldier brings the radio to Rygar and so Rhaegar answers, and Hammond's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm the one that has your people, and you will speak to me. Uh, okay, then.
0: Which I thought they all did a really good job of, of all of their expressions when the thing starts up of like, what? Yes. No, real, no. Like, so many, you could see so many gears just clicking in the brains. Yes. I liked it. I thought it was yes. good. Mm-hmm. yes.
1: So nine and Tilk are continuing the treatment and it's slowly getting better. And we learned so that their objective is to free SG-1 and then Tilk will have nine lay down cover fire. So like Daniel or Sam probably can go ahead and down the gate on the DHD. And nine says that the quarantine field can only be penetrated, not a good enough reason to use the word penetrate by one of their own ships. And Tilk's like, that's nah, that's not a problem like at all. So Tilk then gives Nayan a zad and is like, I'm sure you can learn to use this very quickly, and it is, like, time to go. And Tilk gets up and almost walks into the wall again, but manages to stop himself and then turns and heads out in the right direction towards mm-hmm. the actual exit of the cave. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Rygar and Hammond are still talking. Rygar is demanding to know what kind of optrican trick this is. And Hammond's just demanding to speak with Jack and for his people to be returned. And you can tell Hammond is trying to sort of keep this civil, but he's just getting like angrier and angrier with this Rygar guy. Like, let me talk to my people, you fool. And uh, the SGC manages to get the MELP turned on with the camera that's and it's in the tent with them. And Daniel's like, hey, hey, over here. See, look, we're we we're, we're in cages. Hi, help, please, rescue, we need help. Mm-hmm. And um that woman aide notices the mouth kind of moving around because it's like up, like up against the wall of the tent and is kind of pushing back against it as it maneuvers around. So they start to head back into the tent and Rygar then notices them leaving and like follows after them, and they kind of realize like what this thing is doing. And Hammond, again, demands the return of SG-1. And Rygar, like, looking into, like, the MALP camera now, just says that if any rescue attempt is made, SG-1 will be killed. And then that's the MALP cutting it off from the SGC. And so they just shut down the gate.
0: Again, they should have the backup communication done, like, an hour after they get there.
1: (sighs) I don't think they really waited that long. Like, it's only been a couple hours at most.
0: I, well, I don't know, because it had to have taken, like, a day for Teal's eyes to heal.
1: I don't think it's been a day. Mm. I think it's only been a couple hours.
0: I don't know. I'm trying to think yeah. at any point if we've seen nighttime or if we're just supposed to assume it's been a while. No, it's
1: it's, a like, way. sunny daytime the whole time we're there. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think it's only... A few hours that pass in this episode. All
0: right, so they're getting better at it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So, um, Riker decides he wants SG one moved to the call in another ship, and it just so happens to pass over where Nyan and Tilk are walking through the good walking through the woods. And Tilk sort of shoots at it, but like misses. I can't tell if he like missed on purpose or if the pilot was good enough to get out of the way of the blast. But either way, it's like, oh, hey, there's the guy we were looking for. Let's land the ship. And now it's time for a hijacking. And Nayan actually does a really good job of, like, knocking out a couple of the guys with his little Zat gun. Yeah. So, yay Nayan. And um, Rygar is informed by his aide that the ship is on the way. And he's like, great, I'm going to go back with the prisoners. You all stay here and guard this thing that he still doesn't believe is a stargate. And we see the ship kind of come in for, like, uh, crash landing as it kind of like clips a hill a little bit and like skids to a stop in this clearing and nine comes out and he's like he's after me it's the other alien he's in the woods help 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 me and so uh, two of the guards get into the ship to like go find this other alien guy while nine is put under guards but the ship doesn't like take off right away and Rygar's like go see what's going. got like get tell them to like go like why are they just sitting here and so she calls out and she just gets blasted with one of the Bedrosian weapons by Tilk for her trouble. And so now it's time for a little firefight to happen between everybody. Mm-hmm. And Rygar runs away and, you know, Tilk starts firing on them and manages to take out the guy who's holding Nyan. So Nyan's able to get out his at and shoot a couple of soldiers before taking their weapons and heading to free SG one. And he gives their weapons to Jack and Sam and he also tells them that, you know, Tilk's here, he's outside, so it's all good. And Jack tells Daniel to head for the DHD as they lay down cover fire. So Daniel gets the gate dialed, and back on Earth, they close the iris because they're still awaiting the GDO signal. Tilk is able to see that the gate is actually connected, sends the GDO. The iris gets opened. Tilk yells at everybody to go. Daniel heads through first, like... Jumps into. Like, I want to know how they did this because like the gate is on a wall, and Michael Shanks like jumps into the wall. So I want to. I want to know how they. I need to know how they did this. Oh, how they filmed it. Yeah, how they like. What were the practicalities of this? Because the gate is in a wall. So you and it's usually you know out in the open, so they can just run through it and it's fine.
0: And but special effect wise.
1: Yeah. So I I, I really want to know the practicalities of how they did this. Um,
0: well, maybe they could roll the wall away.
1: I don't know. Or they cut out know. the middle and the middle of the rock was CG.
0: Or maybe he just really did go through the Stargate.
1: <laughs> okay, sure. And yeah.
0: it's all true <laughs> that you really can teleport with it. And there were no effects whatsoever. Okay. That, so this- is, that is the greatest special effect of all, of all time is that it's all real the whole time.
1: <laughs> so the documentary is what you're saying. <laughs> yes.
0: Okay. <laughs> That actually would be a really good idea for something, wouldn't it? If you really did discover like alien technology and you thought it was weird, but like the whole time you were like, Look, special effects. Yay. <laughs> Surprise, it's real. Ha ha do dude. I would totally watch that movie.
1: Okay. Well mm-hmm. you should go write it then so you can make it.
0: <laughs> real real creative, like real aliens, real magicians, but no special effects.
1: <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> Um anyway, so I would, call it,
0: I would call the whole thing like B-roll.
1: <laughs> That's fantastic. I like <laughs> it. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um okay, so Daniel's through. Jack yells at Sam to go. Jack then asks Nine to cover for him as he runs to go, like help Tilku. Tilku sort of hunker down in the doorway of the ship. And um we see more ships incoming, so like they gotta go. So they start heading for the gate with Nyan following, but Rygar happens to step out of the tent he'd stepped into and shoots Nyan. And Jack turns around and zats Rygar. And so Tilk runs back to go get Nyan. And it kind of seems like Jack is going to be like, leave him. But Tilk's like, no, this guy's coming with us. So they both grab Nyan and get through the gate. And now everybody is safe back on Earth.
0: Yes. They didn't have a prior discussion of Nyan going with them, right? So that seemed like no. a pretty spur of the moment. Like, yep, you're coming with us. Obviously, you're going to <laughs> come too far Yeah,
1: to I, I mean, I think Tilk always had the plan of taking Nyan with them because I think Tilk knew Nyan would be in danger if he stayed. And yeah. I don't think he would allow somebody in that situation. It just wasn't time to tell Jack that that yeah. was part of his plan. So, Yeah. yeah.
0: Also, I recognize the scene. It's funny when we watch these that I, I all of a sudden recognize the tidbits that you've used in your videos.
1: Yep, the one of Daniel running to the DHC. Running DHT. from the DHC.
0: I was like, oh, there it is. I've used that <laughs> one. It's kind of like a rewatch backwards for me. Of like, haha, I know this yep. because of your videos. Yep. I yes. think
1: was I think was that how far we've come? I think. Yeah. Part of their run, the, they're running.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One of those things, I think. Yep.
0: They're running, they're running, they're running.
1: <laughs> So, uh, back in the SGC, Tilk and Nyan are in the infirmary recovering, and Tilk is feeling much better, and Nyan gets to know who Junior is. So, he's in on that whole thing now. Mm -hmm. And Jack tells Nyan that the Air Force has agreed to... I couldn't tell if it was the Air Force was granting him refugee status or, like, the Air Force is sponsoring him for refugee status, but... I was, I was a little unclear as to, like, what exactly Jack was saying. But either way, yeah. Yeah. but anyway, Nyan's going to be a refugee, so he can stay if he wants to. And he's like, well, what am I going to do? And Daniel's like, I could really use a research assistant, and it could also help you learn about, like, where you came from and your ancestors. And, you know, Janet's like, that's great, but right now you guys need to rest. So SG-1 heads out, and we do get one last exchange between Tilk and Nyan, where they, you know, thank each other, and... Although Nyan is still a little sad about not being able to, like, show Tilk to his friends, and Tilk hopes that, you know, maybe one day things will improve on his planet, and they can go back, and he can tell them all of what happened here. The end.
0: Yay.
1: And we never see Nyan again.
0: Which <sighs> is sad. That would have
1: been I awesome know. to at
0: least make him, like, a cameo character when he pops in every now and then. And yeah, like, hey like,
1: guys, still here. Know. Like Major Davis once or twice a season. Oh, hey, Nyan, we just got back from this planet. Here's a whole bunch of stuff for you. Or Nyan comes and is like, Daniel, I found this. Thi-. Like, you give Daniel like a research assistant and then we never see them again.
0: <laughs> I know, that would have been so cool.
1: Oh, I like him. It. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, and the two questions that they don't really answer is mm-hmm. like, obviously that was a, a you know quick decision where Nyan just ran through the gate. Yep. Do we think he left behind? Anybody or anything or like?
1: I mean, well, he. I mean, Malin got left behind, um but I. I mean, as far as like family, I who who knows? I don't know. Yeah. He doesn't say anything about that.
0: Yeah, because um, I. That whole thing that Teal said of like maybe someday you'll be able to get like that is totally wishful thinking because you know yeah. as soon as that gate closed,
1: they're like paid. bury it. They're burying that sucker again. Yep.
0: Bury it, destroy it. No one will ever find it. No, this de- this never happened. This never will. This, never this talk about day, it again. Yeah, this
1: day never happened.
0: We're killing all witnesses.
1: <laughs> I don't like, know about that.
0: No, but, you know, they're all signing confidentiality.
1: Yeah. Something. NDAs out the wazoo.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is that's sad. Nyan will never be able to go home and impress nope.
1: people. And apparently he gets lost somewhere on Earth because I never see him again. I <laughs> oh.
0: do. I wonder, and in my brain too, like I wonder, my, wonder to myself, like where would he pick to live now if he's like on a whole new planet?
1: I know. Like, did, like, did he live with Daniel for a little while while he got like settled and accustomed to things?
0: Yeah. Or would he someday just like to backpack through Peru or you know something like that? Like, oh, he
1: is totally a backpacking through Peru kind of guy. Yeah, oh
0: Right. Oh. Yeah. Can we have that?
1: Can we? Can we have that as the spinoff? You know, Nayan's adventures. <laughs> Nayan's adventures on Earth. I would watch that. Yes. yes. Make it a web series. Like, give give that actor just a little GoPro. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> I would like it. <gasps>
1: oh yay. I like it. Yeah. I want it. Mhm. Anyway. Um okay, so memos. What what did you say the memos the memo was for this week?
0: <laughs> Just say no. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just say no. Yeah, if Nine was afraid that whoever came through the gate was going to be killed, he probably should have told them let's wait 5 minutes before you come visit. Yeah. <laughs> i tell you what though he was just too excited so he it's was. okay it's okay nyan yeah yeah um anything else mm, I'm still sticking to that whole like backup call an hour later again earlier yeah still. i know these days we just keep coming back to the same rules we do, we do. Don't, touch, don't touch things call your mother <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> don't have sex with people on another planet and have (laughs) backup the the three oh yes and have backup the four golden rules of stargate travel (laughs) don't have things call your mother don't have sex with aliens bring backup bring protection
1: in all four. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) Um okay uh, should we get into the title yeah um, so this is new ground which i think they mean new ground in the sort in the the sort of scientific discovery kind of like uncovering new ground mm-hmm. as far as, so i think this is it's really sort of a reference to like nyan and like what his character's going through mm-hmm. here in yeah. this yeah yeah mm-hmm. um, we do have a couple interesting foreign territory titles mm. um, in french it was a new world
0: Oh, okay.
1: In Czech, we had new knowledge. Mm
0: hmm.
1: In Hungarian, new principles. Oh. And in German, this is this is good. We got going from Germany this week. Is it De- just called like Jackos through the gate? <laughs> no. no, it's called Deadly Treason. Ooh. I was like, okay, Germany.
0: <laughs> I
1: hmm.
0: Um. I like
1: it. Yes. So,
0: overall, thoughts this episode. We like it, yes? I like yes, it a lot. Yes, like it, quite like it. Good episode yeah. all around. There were yeah. no gaping plot holes. The character development was awesome.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or the characters were at least interesting. Yes. And, mm-hmm. yeah, liked it. Yeah. Liked it very much. Well done. Yay. Yay.
1: Bravo, Heather E. Ash. We like it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay well thank you everybody for listening as always you can find us on twitter at sg underscore rewatch or send us an email at woo that's w-o-o-s-g rewatch at gmail.com don't forget to rate and review us please and we will see you next time for maternal instinct
0: bye bye